Hello, and welcome to So Five Minutes Ago, the podcast where we take a look at the 80s teen movies that we love to love. We're your hosts, Kate. And Shannon. This week, we are talking about one of the ultimate 80s staples, 1986's Pretty in Pink. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is another movie that I have seen a bazillion times. In fact, it was origi- or it wasn't originally on our list of movies to cover because we figured everybody had like been there, done that. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the top requested movies by our listeners, so we're super excited to get to talk about it. Uh, okay, Shannon, what is your experience with this movie? Mm, this is another one of those '80s movies I didn't see as a kid. Actually, I what? didn't see any. Yeah, I didn't see any of the Brat Pack movies when I was a kid. I don't know if it had something to do with the fact that we lived in the middle of nowhere and we didn't have cable. <laughs> So maybe that. Um, But yeah, I didn't see it until I was an adult. And I haven't seen it in a very long time. So it was almost like watching it for the first time, which was really cool. That's crazy. I feel like I see this movie like once a year. Wow, really? (laughs) Yeah, or especially, well, mostly when it, you know, when when we all had cable and when we all had TV, it would always be playing somewhere. And it's one of those movies that it's like, no matter where you catch it, you just watch the whole thing. Like yeah. you watch the rest of it. And so yeah. then for sure, I definitely saw it once a year. And then it's always streaming somewhere, except of course now mm-hmm. when we need it. <laughs> but normally it's always streaming somewhere. So it's one of those movies that it's like I put on in the background while I'm doing something because it's easy to listen to and I haven't mm-hmm. memorized. So it's like I don't have to watch it while I'm, you know, painting or like drawing or working on something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've seen it. Uh, a lot. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, because watching it for me was like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot he was in it. <laughs> oh, crazy. It's kind oh, of exciting, well, actually. Yeah, that's pretty fun then. Okay, um, let's get into it. But up top, let's do a little pretty and pink behind the scenes trivia. So John Hughes wrote the movie and wrote the role of Andy specifically for Molly Ringwald. Um, on the off chance that she wasn't able to do it or didn't accept the role, other actors considered for the role of Andy included Tatum O'Neill, Lori Laughlin, Diane Lane, Sarah Jessica Parker, Brooke Shields, Jodie Foster, Justine Bateman, and Jennifer Beals. So like mm-hmm. almost the same roster of actors mm-hmm. for Footloose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of overlap. I would have loved to see Justine Bateman in this if Molly Ringwald That's what do I it. was thinking. Or Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Although I kind of can't imagine anybody besides Molly Ringwald. Oh, yeah. Like, this part really was for her. She actually had a lot of input um, for choices in this movie, too, oh, that's awesome. working with John Hughes. Uh, the studio originally wanted Charlie Sheen for the role of Blaine. Weird. But Molly Ringwald fought for Andrew McCarthy to get the part after she'd seen him in, in uh, St. Elmo's Fire. The role of Ducky was supposed to go to Anthony Michael Hall, but he turned it down. He kind of didn't want to be pigeonholed or typecast into mm-hmm. that, like dorky sidekick because he this was just coming off of 16 candles um and then molly ringwald wanted the role to go to robert downey jr which Mm. i think also would have been really interesting uh okay so james spader who plays steph almost wasn't hired for the role because he was such a convincing rich a-hole in his audition that the writer and director genuinely didn't like him wow and so yeah, like he he came in as Steph and like stepped out a cigarette on the floor before walking out of his audition because he's so good. And they were just like, ew, this guy's <laughs> gross. And then they realized, I think they met him and talked to him and realized how nice he was and that he's just that good of an actor. Yeah. So <laughs> he's seriously so good. Oh, my God. He is. He's great. 
Um, and then, okay, so although it cannot be confirmed by John Hughes, who wrote the movie and then died in 2009, both Molly Ringwald and John Cryer have suggested that the character of Ducky is actually gay, but hasn't realized it, mm. and that the character would have come out after high school. Wow. So, yeah. That would have been major. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> it would have, it would explain everything. Yeah. His whole relationship yeah. with her. Yeah, it's it's an interesting lens to watch this movie mm-hmm. through. Um, but yeah, I they they have said that in a couple interviews since the movie came out, and I thought that was interesting. Mm. The original ending for this movie, I think a lot of people know this, but it included Andy and Ducky ending up together at prom, more kind of as friends than a couple, and they would have been dancing together to Heroes by David Bowie under a spotlight on the dance floor. Mm. But during cre- or test screenings, teens actually booed this ending (laughs) monsters i know (laughs) so they reshot it to include an ending where blaine rejects the pressure of his rich friends and chooses andy and andrew mccarthy was already working on another movie at this point that required him to shave his head so this also explains blaine's horrible horrible wig in the prom scene (laughs) And I'm so glad because I I never knew why or confirmed that he was wearing a wig. I just always thought, like, what did they do to his hair? Did they just, like, blow it out and it's very product? Or is it, like... I just assumed it was because it was meant for him to look like he hadn't slept in days and he was torn up about the relationship. (laughs) So it didn't even occur to me that it was worse than usual. (laughs) Yeah, I just assumed this was, like, his prom hair. Like, this is, like, what... Because throughout the movie, his hair just kind of looks like, eh. Yeah. Like, it just... It's that 80s flat kind of crappy, yeah. like, it's just brushed with nothing in it. <laughs> and so I thought this is, like, oh, when he actually does his hair, this is what it looks like. And But I was, like, but did they put a wig on him? Because it was easier? I don't understand. So now that makes much more sense. Now we know. Prom sense. wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prom wig. Okay. So let's get into this movie. We open on some neighborhood shots in Elgin, Illinois, where the story takes place, even though this movie was actually shot around L.A. and Pasadena, but it's set in Elgin, Illinois. And we see a house with a dented pink Carmen Ghia parked out front. And uh, I wanted one of these cars so badly in high school because of this movie. Oh, my gosh. My parents actually were looking for one for me because they were like, you should totally have a Carmen Ghia just like the movie. But it's like they're hard to find and then they break down a lot and Mm. they require a lot of maintenance. And so I was like, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) maybe let's get a car I can drive and not have to like, you know, take shop to maintain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we see our heroine, Andy, played by Molly Ringwald, getting ready for school. She emerges in an outfit that this host does not love. <laughs> it's, it's like a long skirt and with a wide pink bow belt and a pink blouse with a cro- like a crocheted lace collar and an upholstery vest. And I love Andy, and I generally admire her fashion choices in this movie, but this one is a no-go for me. Hmm. All right. I actually like this outfit. Okay. I think for Andy, it's the perfect amount of DIY-ness. Like, mm-hmm. I love the accessories and, I don't know, just the whole way it's put together. I actually, like, uh, screenshot it before you asked for me to pull it because I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I really like this one. <laughs> but as the day goes on, she keeps adding more accessories to it. Yeah. And eventually she ends up with, like, I don't know, there's, like, another, there's a sweater and then another jacket 
Then there's a hat with a scarf on it. Then she's got her glasses on and a shoulder bag and she's carrying her books and it just, it just becomes way too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just layer upon yeah. layer. <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of pins and then like all her bangle bracelets and it is, yeah. it's, it's a lot of like pink, just variations of pink yeah. <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I like yeah. it at first and I don't like what it becomes. That'd be such a fun, funny thing for the wardrobe people to be like, let's just see if every scene we add something yeah. and see how much we can do before somebody is like, okay, one earring. Okay, one giant earring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so Andy goes in to wake up her dad, played by Harry Dean Stanton, bringing him coffee and telling him to get ready for a job interview to show us that she has sort of stepped into the mom-wife role with her dad taking care of him. And he asks to see her, quote, latest creation, a.k.a. the outfit that she's wearing. And she exposits that she got the shoes uh, secondhand for $15 and that she made the rest. Uh, okay, so P.S., this is why my mom encouraged me to watch this movie at a young age. Because starting in junior high, I bought pretty much all of my clothes at secondhand stores. And I learned to, learned to sew by altering them because mm. I'm tall and was even skinnier than I am now. So, like, <laughs> nothing ever fit me. Um, so my mom thought that I would relate to the character of Andy and she was not wrong. That's so. awesome. I love that. Um, okay. Next, we're in the halls of high school where Andy and her bescarfed fedora, <laughs> as you mentioned, <laughs> are being ogled by some preppy boy named Blaine, played by Andrew McCarthy. Andy is approached by her male friend, who does he even need an introduction, <laughs> is Ducky, Yay. a.k.a. Phil Dale, played by John Cryer. I love Ducky. Okay, I'm going to say this here, and I'm going to do my best not to repeat myself constantly, <laughs> but Ducky has always been my style icon. <laughs> I fashioned <laughs> so many of my outfits after him in elementary school. I would still wear so much of his wardrobe today. I think it's great. Yeah, so much of the fashion in this movie is timeless, which sounds crazy, right, since it was such a stylized 80s movie. Yeah. But it's just true. Like, Ducky's jacket with the patches, the military patches, oh my gosh, yeah. that's an everyday item for me. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, his jacket, his shirts, like, whoever styled him did such a good job because yeah. it's, it looks natural, Yep. like, for the time and for his, you know, the type of character that he is and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's not overdone. It's not overwrought. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look fake. It's just, like... Kind of on the same level as like a Ricky Vasquez yeah, situation where definitely. it just looks like he just went and found all these things, <laughs> mix and match them. I like his like, you know, worn in dirty pseudo creepers. Like mm -hmm. everything is, is just really, really good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad I got that out of my system. I will try not to constantly be like, and then, then the seniors jacket. <laughs> okay. Although there will be plenty in the visuals. Yes. Oh, such a such a, a visual buffet with yes, this movie. We're it is. <laughs> Every scene. All right. So Ducky compliments Andy's volcanic ensemble and asks if he can admire her later again that day. And Andy is mortified. In class, some rich girl named Benny, who looks like a cat, and her friend <laughs> get Andy's attention, and then this happens. Where'd you get your clothes? Five and dime store? Attractive. Is there a problem, ladies? No. No. Andy, is there something going on between you and these ladies? No, not that I'm aware of. 
I'd like to apologize on behalf of Miss Trombley and Miss Hanson. These two young ladies will be thinking of you tonight as they write a summary of the chapters that we've just covered. Great. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with me. I mean, I'm fine. Can you just forget about the chapter? Yes? We'll take the chapter. Fine. Let's go on. Ugh, jeez. <laughs> uh, also, nothing wrong with the five and dime, so shut up, Benny. <laughs> Benny and your jet. <laughs> her and her stupid sidekick. Outs- I know, seriously. Also, she fully looks like tidbits. Like, there's this cat that... <laughs> There's this cat that hangs out on our porch. We've named him Tidbits. We feed him treats. And every time she's on screen, I'm like, she just, she looks exactly like Tidbits. <laughs> if you can get a good picture, a good headshot of Tidbits, we can do a side by side. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. I'll work on that. Okay. Outside in front of the school, some rich teen gets out of his rich sports car and his rich blazer and his feathered haircut. This guy's named Steph and is played by James Spader. He looks like a 42-year-old man. <laughs> like a like a Wall Street professional, this teen. <laughs> and he hangs around school, like also like a Wall Street professional. Like he's always leaning on something and smoking a cigarette. Uh-huh. Like, are you in school or are you not? <laughs> I know. When I was young, I was so confused because I was like, I guess he's a student, but he looks like he's like 28. Yeah. Like, not super, super old, but he's, like, and it's also totally how he's styled, because he wears suits yeah. every day, and he wears, like, loafers, and, yeah, he's always smoking, and he drives a sports car, and you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get to shop class, guy. What are you doing? Yeah. Or, like, your office building, <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> he approaches Andy to lean on her car and then be generally gross. Well, Andy, you look ravishing. So he's graduating in a month. Now, I don't know when Lizzie and I are going to get together and do something. Try never. Well, I'm talking about more than sex here. No, you're not. You know, I've liked you for four years, and you treat me like shit. You know, I don't, I don't understand that. What's the problem? Can you get off of my car? You know, I've been out with a lot of girls at this school. I don't see what makes you so different. I have some taste. You're a bitch. You know, I think you ought to see a doctor because that condition of yours can get a lot worse. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, James Spader absolutely killing it in an acting role. And even watching this at a young age, he just like made my skin crawl. I know. I love his commitment to his roles, though. You know, like, he's just so good. Listeners, if you love him in this movie, you should check him out in Less Than Zero. (laughs) If you love to hate James Spader, (laughs) that's your movie. Also, poor Andy can't just go to school without being hit on and stared at by Mm -hmm. boys. Like, all day. All right, so next we go to Track's record store, where Andy works at an after-school job, and her co-worker is a punk chick named Iona, played by Annie Potts, with an enviable (laughs) wardrobe. In this scene, she's wearing a white tee under a pleather black dress and a bondage belt and all the black jelly bracelets that there ever were and a gauntlet on one hand, and she looks 
friggin' awesome. Yeah, she does. And she also exits a stepladder without holding on to anything while wearing this leather pencil skirt. So mm-hmm. she's either a witch or a magician because I can't believe she gets yeah. down without just <laughs> toppling over like a tree. It's amazing. Seriously, and my guess is she's wearing some sort of like heel yes, of course, or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Andy and Iona are talking about the importance of going to prom versus skipping it when dream preppy boy Blaine walks in in all his (laughs) neutral beige glory. (laughs) There's some sexy guitar licks while Blaine and Andy make eyes at each other. He approaches the counter to get her opinion on a Steve Lawrence record. Okay, for reference, I looked up Steve Lawrence because I am not familiar with him. And uh, his biggest hit is this song. Go away. I'm not supposed to be alone with you I know that your lips are sweet But our lips must never meet Oh my gosh Yikes! Uh, So she sarcastically tells him that he is white hot and then pointedly asks if Blaine will be paying with an American Express platinum card because he's rich. (laughs) He smiles playfully and pays cash and leaves. (laughs) At the New Wave uh, club called Cats, a bunch of pompadours are playing some police-style punk reggae ska New Wave nonsense (laughs) while Andy and her friend Jenna and Dweezil Zappa sit at a table. In real life, Molly Ringwald and Dweezil Zappa were dating at this time. And then also, uh, the actress who plays Jenna, whose name is Alexa Kennan, was murdered right before this movie came out. so sad. (laughs) It's so sad. Every time I see her on screen now, I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Andy asked Jenna if she would hypothetically ever date a guy with money. Outside, Ducky is talking to the club bouncer, who is also Andrew Dice Clay. (laughs) Asking why in all the years he's been coming here, he's never been let into the club, even though his, quote, girlfriend is inside. He's like, well, she's a girl and she's my friend, so she's a girlfriend. (laughs) The Dice Man asked Ducky to consider the fact that his so-called girlfriend always comes to a club knowing that Ducky can't get in. So (laughs) maybe that's a thing. Um, Just then, Andy walks out in an outfit that I absolutely love. It's a white slip dress black ankle booties and a beautifully tailored black blazer Mm -hmm. plus like a million bangle bracelets which i can never wear because i have as my husband so lovingly puts it famine arms (laughs) (laughs) i have comically tiny wrists the point is this outfit is aces (laughs) i can't wear bangle bracelets it makes me sad Um, Okay, so Andy and Ducky get into her car and they drive through a rich neighborhood full of mansions. Andy admires them and points out her favorite one. And she says this thing about like, I bet the people inside don't even know how beautiful this house is, which is a thing that my husband and I do when we walk through really nice neighborhoods. I always say that too. (laughs) That's hilarious. Because as soon as she said that, I was like, that's what I say. Yeah. Or like if you're ever, if you vacation somewhere uh-huh. and then you walk around like the neighborhoods and you're like, do these people even know yeah. that they live here? Do like, they do they care? Especially when you like see... how I would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Or when you see little kids running around and you're just like, they don't know. They don't know. They, they, they could be anywhere. They don't care. <laughs> um, Ducky seems unimpressed with these houses and he's fussing over the radio trying to find a decent song. 
All right, so the next day in the school library, Andy is working on a, or working at a computer, and it's an old computer, like the kind with no pictures or color <laughs> that only displays blocky text and is for research and information purposes only. Like, no yeah. fun. Can you even imagine a yeah. time with this? <laughs> like the, gr- the green text? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, our first computer was an Apple computer that was just green mm-hmm. text, and it was like, had pictures kind of yeah, and so small <laughs> Pic- yeah pictures made up squares <laughs> um in pre-aim technology and like wow even the term aim is antiquated at yeah. this point andy's research is interrupted by a line of chat that appears on the screen that says do you want to talk she asks if the person knows who she is and a picture of her appears on the screen like her school photo yeah, like, like her, her yearbook um, photo like student id oh yeah yeah or like her student id photo And then when she asks who's talking to her, a little graphic pixel animation reveals that it's Blaine's photo. Now, how? (laughs) Did this technology exist? How did Blaine know how to do this? How? (laughs) Yeah, there's no way. How do we think that this is happening? Was it, was intranet a thing yet? Do you remember intranet? I don't think so. Okay. I think this... These computers were even like pre-Encarta, if anybody remembers what that was. It was like a CD-based mm. encyclopedia that you had to load oh, yeah. into your computer. <laughs> <laughs> so this has to be contrived yeah. for the plot, is all I can think. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, you and I are old enough to have worked on these computers, and they barely did what they were designed to do (laughs) barely like you could barely type in a question or like type out your paper on them so i don't understand how this is happening okay i'm glad we agree (laughs) (laughs) so andy stands up and locks eyes with blaine and his sailing cardigan (laughs) over the cubicle divider then ducky and andy's dad are sitting out in the yard having a heart to heart at andy's house um, Ducky talks about how much he loves Andy and how he intends to marry her and take care of her. Andy's dad, whose name is Jack, explains that he once fell in love with a girl, but she left. So we learn Andy's mom took off. Jack asks Ducky, has he told Andy how he feels? And then Jack offers some very sage advice. I mean, you can love Andy, but that doesn't mean she's going to love you back. I mean, it doesn't mean she won't. But uh, what I'm trying to say is you can't make it happen. No, it either will or it won't. It's all in the heart. That's Aww. so sweet. I am a huge Harry Dean Stanton fan. Um, he plays like a lot of hardened, down-on-his-luck characters. So this is sort of right in his wheelhouse, I think. Um, but this heart-to-heart with Ducky is so nice. It's like a softer side of Harry Dean. Um, and also, I love his yeah. styling here. It's so low-key 80s dad. Just like a khaki shirt and jeans and loafers. End of styling. (laughs) Uh I love it. It is. It looks so great, though. And it is so just like, I know this isn't on a weekend, but it's so dad like on a weekend working in the garage clothes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So later or another day, I think we're back at Trax Record Store watching Andy try on some very 80s sunglasses Blaine walks in in another oatmeal-colored blazer. What is going on with his wardrobe? And real quick, just because you keep mentioning his underwhelming fashion, pa- fashion palette, uh-huh. when I was typing my notes, I kept typing Blaine's name as Bland. 
<laughs> and I was considering <laughs> keeping it in like that because he's just such a nothing burger. He's like the most boring guy in the city. And it's not Andrew McCarthy because he's great in other movies. So it has to be that the character was just written to be, I don't know, like the complete opposite of Steph, maybe. So if Steph is like yeah. super intense, then Blaine is like a piece of paper. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's as Blaine as the nose on Blaine's face. <laughs> It's really bad. Yeah. His closet must just be the saddest place in the world. <laughs> just tan, various tans. Yeah. Um, so they start talking about records when Andy has to run off because Ducky has set off the alarm by trying to go out the back door of the record store. And while she's dealing with that, Steph and Blaine run off to go shoot Trump. What does that mean? Uh, like, I, I think like skeet shooting. Oh. Okay, I thought it was slang or something. <laughs> it does sound like that. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think that's what it is. I think that's when somebody like pulls. Yeah, I, really I mean that's what I would have Josh. assumed, but I thought surely eighteen-year-olds wouldn't be <laughs> skeet shooting in the middle of the day. I think, I mean, I think maybe rich kids yeah. would. But I don't know where in LA they're gonna go shoot trap. <laughs> Probably on their property. What am I talking yeah. about? They probably live on a property where Seriously. they can like... acres and acres. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so at home, Andy... Or later that night at home, Andy checks her messages, hoping Blaine called, but it's just like five messages from Ducky calling her every 10 minutes, and then the phone rings, and it's Ducky again. Okay, so this is also the point where we need to discuss Ducky's mm. behavior. Okay, Ducky constantly flirts with and hits on Andy, and she acts annoyed but, like, tolerant. And this is, I assume, to establish that they have a sort of, like, old friend dynamic yeah. where she views him as a brother, but he has unwavering love for her as, like, a girl next door. So maybe we can't answer this question right now, but we should definitely put up a poll so that our listeners can weigh mm -hmm. in. Is Ducky's behavior endearing and sweet or is it problematic mm. like is it cute because he is wholeheartedly in love with her or is it an issue because he ignores her boundaries constantly and like the fact that she keeps saying no mm. and i know we're supposed to think it's cute and sometimes it is but if this was happening in real life this would be freaking insufferable <laughs> to deal with yeah i'm i'm here for this poll because this is something that I wrestled with, too. I don't like his behavior at all, um, hmm. which sucks because I really like his character a lot. Um, but, yeah, it really bothers me. It smacks a little of fatal attraction. He's got a stalker vibe. It's like he's just too into her. It's it's yeah. unnerving. Yeah, and I think it's it's hard to answer because on the one hand, when he does stuff where he, like, defends her and he looks out for her and yeah. he wants to take care of her like all of that stuff is based in love but like this kind of stuff where he's calling her every 10 minutes mm. and being like it's me again you haven't called me back it's just like that would not fly in real life you'd have to sit him down and have mm -hmm. a serious talk and be like you cannot do yeah. this <laughs> so okay we'll definitely need a poll because i want to hear what the listeners have to think about this all right. The next morning, Andy's dad is singing and making breakfast, and he announces that he got a job, but he is very cagey about the details. So now we're in the courtyard at school, 
And it's the yard where all the punking rockers and the new wavy kids hang out. And Blaine shows up in his pleated white slacks. And then some guy with Sid Vicious hair stares at him. And it is hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> Blaine tries to like slink out into the yard. And all these guys are just like, what is what? <laughs> Um, but it's also to demonstrate that in case you didn't get this before, the class divide, it is wide. <laughs> These are two different social groups. Blaine very uncomfortably weaves his way through a sea of fedoras and blazers with pushed up sleeves to join Andy on a bench. So, is this your first time out here? Yeah. I don't think I'm very popular out here either. I don't know. You just find inside. I don't. I'm not really into all this shit, you know? Yeah. See, because he's not like the other rich a-holes. He's a salt of the earth rich no. a-hole. He wishes he had the complexity of salt. He's bland of the earth. <laughs> he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he asked her out for a date on Friday and when he asks where she lives so that he can pick her up, she looks very uncomfortable and then says she'll be at work, so they should just meet there. And does anyone else remember the episode of Muppet Babies where Miss Piggy fantasizes about meeting Andrew McCarthy and she's spliced into this scene? Because it's all I can think of when I watch this. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? No, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I actually watched Muppet Babies, and I do not remember that. That is insane. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find this clip online so that oh, I, I, it's w- not just a fever dream. I wish you would. Like it has, to, it has to be on YouTube because in my memory, it's something. It was an episode of Muppet Babies, and this movie had come out at about the same time. So Andrew McCarthy was like super hot at the time, and she was dreaming about like <laughs> dating him or meeting a celebrity. And it's this Baby, scene. Miss Piggy. I believe so. (laughs) So weird. I'm going to find this. I can't have thought of this myself. Okay. I'm going to find this. Um, I was so hoping that you remembered so that I didn't feel like a crazy person. And now I'm, (laughs) no, that's now I'm a little worried. (laughs) That's crazy. I wonder if it was the Muppet show, although maybe that wasn't around still. No, because I remember watching it when I was young and thinking like, how did they do this? Like, cause it's, it's not, I don't think it's a Roger Rabbit situation where she's drawn on top of it. I think it switches back and forth. Like the camera's on him. Oh, and then when the camera's on her, it's a cartoon like yeah. cell, like animated cell or whatever. But I remember, remember thinking like, whoa, this is so like such a current reference for them to put this very popular movie. And it's like, they're bringing the adult world into like our kid world of Muppet babies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find this. Okay. So back in the hall with the other socias, Steph and Blaine, um, or Steph asks Blaine what he was doing talking to Andy and then calls her a mutant. And also his shirt is unbuttoned to like past his navel and it is unacceptable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, considering doing like a mini Steph fashion show, I think in the visuals, because everything he wears, it looks like it's from the Hugh Hefner collection for young lads. It's really <laughs> weird. Everything is just over-sexified. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, like, in what high school would he be able to walk around with a shirt unbuttoned to his navel? They'd be like, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In Andy's bedroom that night, she and Ducky are studying, and Ducky is distracted and barely trying. 
Andy suggests that Ducky is deliberately flunking his classes so that he won't have to graduate and face the future. And then she says this. What are we going to do next year? Well, according to you, I'll still be in high school. No, I'm serious. I mean, not a day has passed in, what, eight years when I didn't see you or talk to you at least 20 times? Well, that's devotion. I know. And even though I sometimes get angry, you know that I secretly love it. You see, I knew that. You know, I hope I'm not the only in the world that knows what an incredible person you are. Well, at this point in time, I'm afraid you are, honey. This sucks because, A... She's sending mixed messages to Ducky. Like, does she want him to leave her alone or does she actually like his attention? Mm -hmm. And then B, this adds a whole new shade to the discussion we just had, which is, is his behavior problematic now that we know that she actually kind of likes it? Mm. Okay, so they're both misbehaving with each other. And honestly, I can't believe that this friendship doesn't implode at the end of the movie. <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's... it's um, Neither one of them are behaving appropriately. Mm -hmm. So. I yeah. Because if she honestly doesn't like this, then she needs to like, she should set up boundaries and be like, Hey, I know that you have feelings for me, but like, yeah. I don't feel the same way. So you can't keep coming at me like yeah. this or she should reciprocate, but she's like keeping him yeah, on the hook. And that sucks. That's the thing though. I think it's because she's, you know, she's in this limbo where it's like the guy that she likes, she can't have. And then there's this guy here that admires her so much and it makes her feel good about herself. It's self-esteem issue. So, yeah, it's probably hard for her to tell him to stop that because <laughs> it feels mm -hmm. nice. But also, you know, yeah. I couldn't put putting myself in her position. I can imagine it also feeling icky at some point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Like, you would never feel like you could just be friends with this person or be yourself around them because they're always yeah. looking at you yeah. through a certain lens. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. So then Andy jumps up to get some snacks. And while she's gone, Ducky talks to himself saying that he has to tell Andy that he loves her, which how does she not know? Um, but if she doesn't love him back, it'll kill him. But he has to know. And then he starts singing Love by John Lennon. And Andy hears him through the vent and giggles. <laughs> And then Ducky becomes afraid that Andy will laugh at him. But then he also says this to himself in the mirror while he's wearing a flying nun hat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. And then when she returns, Ducky gets very nervous and he runs away and he's just like, oh, I got to go. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. And then the next day we're in gym class watching a bunch of girls play volleyball in really cute gym outfits. They, they look kind of like the uniforms from a league of their own. Oh, They're yeah. navy like navy blue and i can't tell if the bottom part is a skirt which would be insane for high school gym or like really short shorts or a skirt with shorts built into it i can't really tell um these outfits are far superior to the sweat shorts and heather gray t-shirts that i had to wear for okay, gym so style wise they're superior but on what planet is a broadcloth button-down mini dress a good outfit to play sports in oh yeah they look no. so restrictive no, 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 no. They look restrictive, and they also look like gym uniforms from, like, the 50s. Yeah, like more like the 1800s. They look like bathing outfits <laughs> from 1850. <laughs> yeah, like, before stretch yeah. fabric existed, they're just like, these are left over from a war era. Just put them on. <laughs> Although Andy does wear hers with her tights, like, she leaves her tights on, and it looks really cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Jenna wears hers with black leggings, and Andy has a little, like, lace pink square tucked yeah. into the pocket. They look really, really cute. And they're cinched at the waist, yes. so they're super flattering. I don't know. 
you're right, not conducive <laughs> for anything athletic, but they're super cute. Andy and Jenna uh, line up next to Benny. Remember her from earlier? Tidbits. And <laughs> some other <laughs> rich girls. And then Jenna says this. Hey, Benny. Fox. Penfield. Oh, shrivel up and fall off, okay? What was that, Miss Holman? Um, <clears throat> I said I hope they shrivel up and fall off. You hope what shrivels up and falls off? Her breasts, misdeeds. <laughs> Shut up. You are out of here, Homan. Bye-bye. Bye, girls. So, uh, do you share your partner's attitude? No, I don't. All right, and then Benny whispers, eat shit, to Andy, who raises her hand to tell the oh, teacher. Oh, tattletales unite. <laughs> no kidding. When she does that, I'm yes. like, yes. <laughs> I would do the same thing. In the principal's office, he tells Andy that she's a good student, and he'd hate to see her throw it all away over bad behavior. Andy says that she hates seeing her friends be mistreated by popular kids and loses her temper sometimes. And then the principal says that he understands and agrees to, quote, forget the whole incident. And, like, what yeah. incident? Like, from what we saw, Andy didn't do anything yeah. wrong. It, it was, so it was barely anything. It, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't understand why she's in the principal's yeah. office other than that, like, I'm thinking back to, you know, when their school, any kind of incident, they pull both sides in and talk to them. So maybe it was just I was that. even thinking that. But I'm the like. Further on the other end of the spectrum where it's like anytime there's an incident, they always pull in like the, uh, not the bad kid, but like the known troublemaker. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, why is Andy there in the first place? But whatever um so in the hall ducky runs over to make sure that andy is okay after her incident and as she leaves he literally runs into some big jock bro bullies who retaliate by physically throwing him into the girl's bathroom <laughs> oh, i just wanted that clip because it always makes me laugh that <laughs> he, he like starts yelling from outside the yeah. bathroom and then just gets thrown into it. Yeah, into this huge gaggle of girls that are there. They're all, like, crowded around the mirror. And by the way, uh -huh. one of them is holding a palette of makeup the size of an iPad Pro. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in the visuals. It's so big. Like, okay, how good. much makeup do you need for school? And she had to, like, put that in yeah. her bag and bring it to school That's with her. That's her everyday <laughs> palette. <laughs> Like, which color eyeshadow am I going <laughs> to wear today? <laughs> oh, man. And now we're at tracks where Andy is waiting for her big date with Blaine. And Iona looks frigging amazing. Yeah. She's wearing like a black pillbox hat with a red snood, which is like a hairnet. And like a 1950s style black blouse with square shoulders mm. and a peplum and then a super tight flared skirt. Oh, that skirt. Amazing. She is a beautiful chameleon. She's, she's a different mm -hmm. beautiful person every time we see her. Yes. She she looks so good. Ayanna throws on Otis Redding's Try a Little Tenderness. And if you've seen this movie, you know what is coming. <laughs> also in the background, you can see Dweezil Zappa's record hanging behind the mm. counter. Little nod for 
Molly Ringwald. So then Ducky slides into the store and puts on a performance that is really pretty admirable. (laughs) He's lip syncing and dancing along with Otis. Iona is amused. Andy is kind of annoyed. But like, how could you not at least be entertained? Because he really gives it his all. (laughs) This would be so fun to act out. He's 100% committed to this. It's amazing. Yeah. And even if this is like a guy that you're just like, uh, he just won't leave me alone. How could you not at least watch this and be like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Or just like <laughs> smile. I would just be smiling the whole time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. How is she over this? Know. She's watching it like, ugh, this again. <laughs> it's like, if I had a friend who did this, this would be my favorite yeah. friend. <laughs> I know. You wouldn't be like, uh, this old chestnut. He always does this yeah. at parties. Although, I don't know, this is a, now that I'm seeing this, this is a pretty spot on, like, illustration of mine and my husband's um, (laughs) relationship. (laughs) Where I'm the ducky, and I'm constantly, like, dancing, and he's just like, all right, enough, enough. He is. I'm like, someday I'm going to die, and you are not going to find a woman who's going to do this for you, so enjoy it now. Um, all right. And then also in a fun little crossover, Kenny Ortega, who's the guy who, um, I say that like everyone, you know, know Kenny, Kenny. um, but yeah, he's the guy who choreographed Ducky's moves in this scene, but he was also the choreographer for Footloose. That's so cool. I know. That's fun. Okay. So Ducky tries to get the ladies to hang out by saying, let's plow. And then when they walk away, he says, do I open? (laughs) And these are two lines that my family quotes. That's awesome. (laughs) Just as Andy resigns to the idea that Blaine may have stood her up for their date, he shows up, and when Ducky realizes what's happening, he is crushed. Ducky, I'm really sorry. Is this, um, you're gonna, you're gonna go out with this guy? I mean, is this, you know, like, a date or Yeah. I mean, you like him. He's not like the other guys. Seriously. No, 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 what? Andy! You really pissed me off, you know, because... You know, they shit all over everybody, including you. I just, I can't believe you'd be this stupid. Who's shitting on me? I'm not going to let anybody shit well, on me. He's just, he's going to use your ass and throw you away. God, I would have died for you. So what am I supposed to do? He asked me out and I like him. If I hate him because he's got money, just listen to me. If I hate him because he's got money, that's the exact same thing as them hating us because we don't. Do you understand? You can't do this and, and respect yourself. You, 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 you can't. Well, I'll make that decision, all right? Sure, you can, you can do what you want. You know, you're talking like that just because I'm going out with Blaine. Blaine? His name is Blaine? Oh, that's, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. Just because I'm going out with Blaine doesn't mean I can't be friends with you. I mean, it doesn't change the way I feel about you. Oh, that's very nice. I'm, I'm glad. Here's, here's the point, Annie. I'm not, I'm not particularly concerned with whether or not you like me. Because I live to like you, and, and, and I can't like you anymore. So, so when you get your heart splattered all over hell and, and you're feeling really low and dirty, don't, don't look to me to help pump you back up because maybe for the first time in your life, I won't be there. I can't believe you're actually saying this. Well, I guess that's just tough shit. Oh, and on the one hand, this is really, really heartbreaking. But then also, like, she doesn't owe Ducky anything just because he's in love with her. I don't know. What say you? Well, like I said before, I don't like his intentions toward her. He's a little too intense. It's a little unnerving. I'm sure if you're a lady, you've had that relationship that started out as like a fun friendship. And then at some point, all your alarm bells go off. (laughs) 
and you realize that the other person is just not on your same wavelength anymore and your stomach drops and you have to try to figure out how to untangle yourself from something that you never asked to be a part of. Mm-hmm. That's how this feels. Yeah. Yeah. But also I kind of feel like, like she's like, what am I supposed to do? He asked me out and I like yeah. him, yeah. but it's like, but you, you know how Ducky feels about you and you haven't like you're, you're letting him feel this way towards Dangle. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, wh- how do you think he's going to react when you go out on a date? Like, he's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. Like, yeah. no. That's no, not his reaction here is completely understandable because, yeah, she's got him on the hook. He's like her backup. Yeah. So he, he how he feels is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the line where he says Blaine, like Blaine, that's oh not a name, gosh, that's a kitchen. That. <laughs> that's an improvised line by John Cryer. And it's really? like, that's one of the most famous lines in this movie. So good for him. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So then Blaine is there in his best rumpled linen blazer and white pleated pants. So honestly, his wardrobe is like the absence of color. Yeah. It is the plain oatmeal of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. But it it is an effective way to contrast the preppy rich kids with the, quote, poor, quote, punk kids. (laughs) Yeah, poor. Like, Iona's wardrobe is worth more than my entire retirement fund. Uh (laughs) So there's no way that she's poor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then Blaine asks Andy if she wants to go home or if she wants to go home and change before their date. And she says that she already did. And I mean... Mm he's in no position to or position to judge any people's clothing choices, but also he's not wrong because Andy is dressed as someone's gam gam going to a bridal shower luncheon complete with a string of pearls. Yeah. So it's a bad look. It's her worst look of the movie. That's real dowdy. Mm-hmm. It's real dowdy. And this is her first day look. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I get that like her whole thing is supposed to be that it's like, she's, you know, vintage. Yeah you know, kind of thing, but it's like, oh, this is not great. He asks if she is up for a party when she says no. He says he knows there's a lot of social bull crap, but if they like each other, they have to face it eventually. And he says if the party sucks, they'll leave. Oh, and then there's a shot of poor Ducky sitting on top of a newspaper box stand thing, crying in the rain because he's the saddest brokenhearted boy. It's so sad. And it's pouring rain on him. It's awful. But his he's wearing like the scrunch socks to end all scrunch socks. <laughs> it's like they're he's wearing like... like- Four pair of layered yeah. scrunch socks. And they're those, like, um, Larry Bird athletic socks that he Larry Bird would, like, pull up to his thighs. <laughs> so there's so much material to work with. Uh, he, those socks deserve an award. Yeah, they are so scrunchy. <laughs> okay, also, what would you call the thing that he's sitting on? The newspaper a, thing. Uh, a newspaper box, I think. Okay, that's what I said. And then I was like, I was writing my notes and I asked my husband, like, what would you call this? And he said, a newspaper stand. And I no, said, no, that's stand like... a newsstand is like the whole store. Yeah, that's like the, the shack set up, like the upright thing that the person stands in and yeah. sells publications. Yeah. And then he's like, Google newspaper stand. And then I did. And it was that's half it? pictures of this and half pictures of an actual oh. building. So that's why I was like, newspaper box stand thing. Because I, I don't yeah. know what these... 
I thought newspaper box. I don't All know. Right. Okay. We'll put Figured that I'd run that by as you. As a poll and see what Okay. Think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Andy and Blaine arrive at this party and surprise, it's at the mansion that Andy pointed out as her favorite house in the rich Ooh. neighborhood. And surprise, it turns out that this house belongs to Steph. Oh, good. This party is my personal nightmare. <laughs> it's full of a bunch of rich kids being privileged, terrible a-holes. And Andy and Blaine wander through the rooms to see pastel-clad teens drinking and acting all stupid. Andy is rightly disgusted. Mm-hmm. Um, Blaine, possibly seeing his friends through someone else's eyes for the first time, is embarrassed <laughs> and apologetic. Blaine suggests that they go upstairs, and when Andy bristles, he says he will be a perfect gentleman and keep his hands in his pockets the whole time, and then he makes a show of grabbing a six-pack of brewskis and a bag of pretzels without using his hands, and it's supposed to be charming, but personally, I would not fall for this. Mm -hmm. There would be no going upstairs with this goober. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. I don't even like that. I think what bothered me the most was that when she kind of hesitated, the first thing that he said was like, well, I'm not taking you up there to have sex, you know, not in those words, but yeah. that was like a red flag for me. Yeah. Like, and okay. and that he reacts kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like yeah. that's not, and it's just like, what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> But they do go upstairs and they open a door to find Steph Robert California-ing around the room, (laughs) (laughs) drunk in an open robe in his underwear. Uh, Oh my gosh. I know. He invites them into the room for a visit. Run, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) As Andy and Blaine uncomfortably take a seat on the sofa, Tidbit stumbles out, (laughs) Benny, Says some mean girl stuff to Andy and then calls Blaine the bad F word. After Steph and Benny leave, Blaine apologizes again. Andy asks if they can please leave. Blaine says that he doesn't want to take her home yet, but they can go anywhere that she wants to go. Where does she want to go, Shannon? Well, what's good for the goose is good for the blander. And we cut from (laughs) Steph's house party to the cat's club. Where we see Andrew Dice Clay perform some very not impressive cigarette lighting choreography out mm-hmm. front. So weird. This is like his shtick. I think he did this a lot in his oh. stand-up, but it's a lot of just like... Just a lot of like A-O-ing like, around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very a better weird. description. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Ducky and Iona are inside the club having a conversation about how Ducky might win Andy by riding past her house a hundred times a day on his bike. And I mean, it didn't work for Brian Krakow, but it might work for Ducky. Mm, mm. (laughs) Also, Ducky seems like he's slurring a little bit at the beginning of this scene. Um, But there's only like empty Coke glasses on the table, so it's unclear if he's drunk. Yeah. Um, But then a little bit more into the scene, he seems normal. So I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. Um, Andy and Blaine arrive at the club, so it looks like Andy's plan is a little tit-for-tat by bringing Blaine to a place where he'll definitely be uncomfortable. For sure. Um, Blaine heads to the bar to get drinks while Andy sits down at Ducky and Iona's table. Ducky ignores her. When Andy asks Iona how Ducky even got into the club, which, good question, Mm -hmm. Iona rolls her eyes a little and says she told the bouncer Ducky was her kid. (laughs) Uh, Then Andy asks why Iona is there, which is another good question, since this seems like a high school hangout. I don't know, but Iona doesn't have a good answer and just kind of shrugs. 
And then, yeah, also last we saw Ducky crying on a newspaper box <laughs> stand <laughs> in the rain after Andy left for her date. So, like, where did he and Iona even meet? Yeah. Unless he was right outside the record store? I don't know. That, that seemed weird. Yeah. Everything might be really close in this universe, like just mm-hmm. down the block or whatever. Well, meanwhile, Blaine is comically out of his element, wading through a sea of mohawks and punk rocker types, getting jostled around while trying to get back to Andy. He's getting a lot of, like, what's this Richie doing in our club looks. When he reaches the table, Blaine tells everyone that he and Andy were at a party at his friend's house, and Ducky literally loses his mind, shouting that he devoted his life to Andy, telling her to leave the club, and doing a weird, like, late-night talk show host impression. Yeah, um, that thing where he's like, oh, you've been great, or like, yeah. it's been great to have you kids, or like, yeah, <laughs> something weird. Yeah, so Andy calls him a retarded little dwarf, which is way harsh, <laughs> and turns to leave with Blaine. And then Ducky cashes in all his jealousy chips by dipping and kissing Iona, and then telling Andy he's already replaced her. And Iona needs, like, a full shot of brown liquor to get over what just happened to her. Oh, my gosh. And then Ducky also immediately apologizes and wipes his mouth. He's like, I'm sorry. Which is kind of cute because, like, all his bravado is gone. Like, as soon as they leave, he's just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Also, also, before he leaves, Blaine calls Ducky an a-hole. And Ducky responds by saying, blow me buttwad coming from you. I take that as a compliment, which is one of my favorite lines in this movie. It is truly a good comeback. <laughs> yeah. One thing Ducky isn't is mealy mouthed. Like he's, he's pretty sharp tongued. Yes. <sighs> Outside the club, Andy wants to call it a night, but Blaine insists they keep hanging out. Andy clearly does not want Blaine to take her home because she's embarrassed of her house. And she breaks into tears when she has to tell him outright that she doesn't want him to see where she lives. Hmm. Blaine, uh, confused and a little irritated, ends up taking her home anyway. When he drops her in front of her house, he tells her he had a great time, even though the night was a mess, I guess. So that's weird. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Sorry. (laughs) I was with you. I had a great time. I was in a Turkish prison. I'd have a great time with you. I don't know. It's just... It's too weird for me, you know? Maybe this shouldn't happen. What, you and me? Well, you know, maybe it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't mean it isn't right, right? Doesn't mean we can't try. Feel any better if I ask you to the prom? I mean, I know the prom's kind of lame, so if you don't want to go, it's really no big deal. The music swells so much. (laughs) And then they kiss. And for a first date high school kiss, this is a lot. Mm -hmm. It's very handsy. And there's so much tongue. Yeah, this kiss is so weird. And then he keeps manhandling her face like it's made of clay. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's blind and he's trying to commit her face to memory. (laughs) But it made a pretty good impression on her because Andy is still totally (laughs) caught up in the moment as she comes through the front door screaming that it finally happened. He asked. Um, Harry Dean Dadton is there for a heart to heart about Andy's uncertainty with dating a Richie. Will Blaine accept her? 
Harry Dean says, you like him, he likes you, it's worth it, isn't it? And then he tousles her hair and tells Andy to wait and see how she feels tomorrow. As Andy starts to head off to her room, her dad calls her back to tell her that he feels badly that Andy doesn't have her mom around to talk to about this kind of stuff. Andy assuages him and says she doesn't feel bad about it because her mom couldn't have given her any better advice than he did. Hmm. So this feels like a good moment for like a meta sidebar observation about 80s teen movies. Just about every movie we've covered so far has these things in common. Everyone's trying to get to the dance at the end of the movie, and parental (laughs) heart-to-heart moments seem to mean a lot to the protagonists. Yeah. And then also lots of dads telling their daughters that it doesn't matter what their friends think, and they should like who they like, and it's what's on the inside that counts. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Outside Andy's house the next morning, Ducky is lurk-biking around just out of sight, He watches Andy leave for school, and then we follow him through Chinatown? Yeah. (laughs) As he pops a wheelie and does some other 80s bike tricks. Yeah, and also for the first time I've ever noticed this, not John Cryer doing those poppy wheelie tricks. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, it is not. I don't know why... Yeah, I don't know why I always just took for granted that it was him. Like, oh, he just knows how to ride bikes. That's cool. And then for the first time, I was like, that's not ducky. It was because you were little and you just thought everybody can do those things. (laughs) Yeah, it's the 80s. Everybody knows how to ride bikes all cool, right? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely cut a gif of not John Cryer. (laughs) So obviously not him. Um. Well, as it it turns out, the reason that we are in Chinatown is because that's where Iona lives. But now I'm confused because Iona lives above Trax, but it's already been established that Trax is at the mall. So is the whole mall in Chinatown? (laughs) Okay, no, 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 no. It was never said that she lives above the store. So are you talking about when she puts on the Otis Redding record and she says the neighbor loves that song? Because I think she's just referring to another guy that lives above the store. Okay, Well, I stand corrected. I thought there was an establishing shot that um, intimated that her apartment was above the store. And there's that weird part in Chinatown when Ducky is weirdly accosted by that old Asian man. (laughs) And it looks like it was in front of tracks with the gate down. Oh, okay. I don't know. I probably just assumed a lot of things. Anyway, we join Iona and Andy's conversation already in progress in Iona's spacious and bright apartment. So, like, Mm -hmm. there's no way she's poor. Um, (laughs) And the art in this apartment is insane. Uh, The first look we get at Iona's latest fashion statement is impressive. My first reaction was amazement. And then I kind of thought maybe some people would think that this was appropriation. But then Mm -hmm. I thought, too bad, because she's flawless. She's wearing, like, a straight white wig with bangs, um, a vaguely Asian-looking wrap dress, and her eyeliner is giving off fairly hefty Asian eye vibes. Yeah. It's a... I don't know if this was just, like, an 80s thing, and it's like, she lives in Chinatown, so it's this, but it's like... Yeah, I, I can't decide if it's okay or not. Yeah. But also her wig looks like when Frank is trying to be an artist on It's Always Sunny. And I would like to submit a request for a side-by-side. But also Done. she does look amazing. Yeah, she totally does. And also she's laying out a tea service. Um, and she's pushing Andy to spill some tea about her date with Blaine. Andy tells Iona there's nothing spectacular to say except that she kissed him and she felt it, quote, 
everywhere. <laughs> and we get this response from Iona. Talk about lips. I mean, I'm old enough to be his mother, but when the duck laid that kiss on me last night, I swear to God, my thighs just went up in flames. You must practice on melons or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So Andy is snooping through Iona's closet and comes out with a pink taffeta dress that Iona says is from her own prom. Andy tells Iona that Blaine asked her to the prom, and Iona is shocked that Andy has been there for 15 minutes and is only just now telling her this news. Okay, this whole being asked to the prom thing is basically on par with a wedding proposal. That's how much weight it carries in this movie. It's insane. I know. Both times she tells, when she tells both her dad and Iona, they're like, oh, it's like this big thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's Oh, it's prom. okay. My yeah. mom did not care if I went to prom. She probably no, wished I, I didn't, didn't care if I went to prom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Andy says it's really weird, but it might be kind of fun. Iona remarks on how dreamy her old prom dress is. And somewhere in here, she offers it to Andy, but Andy declines. Then Cherish starts to play and Iona's eyes roll back orgasmically in her head. And it seems like... We're about to dissolve into like a full-on flashback to Iona's prom, which I would have loved to see. Mm -hmm. But instead, we get a hilarious reveal of Iona in full 50s hair and makeup wearing her taffeta polka dot prom dress, dancing cheek to cheek with a very uncomfortable looking <laughs> Andy. <laughs> yeah, her wig in this scene is incredible. It's like an 18-inch tall beehive wig. Oh my gosh. But I've also always loved the idea that Andy had to hang out while Iona completely washed <laughs> off and redid all her makeup. Yes. And like got into this wig and into this look just to reminisce about yes. prom. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> she also looks so cute in her prom dress and her fuzzy slippers. Oh, she's adorable. She's just so tiny and cute. I can't mm -hmm. stand it. Andy says she has to go, but Iona asks her to hold her until the song is over. <laughs> this scene <laughs> makes me feel weird. And also, how is Iona old enough to have had a prom in the 60s? That would yeah. make her like 35. And I guess that could be right, but to me, she looks 24. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally. She looks super young. Yeah. Okay, so I had to look this up. Uh, Annie Potts was actually 34 when she made the movie. So color me impressed because she looks way young. That's four years younger than I am. Yeah. Than my age now. How? Yeah. <laughs> she looks, I don't know. She just has a baby face and she's also tiny. Her skin is flawless. So. Yeah. All right. So the story sticks. She had a 60s prom. Um, <laughs> Iona tells Andy that her prom night would have been a fairy tale, except that her date was married with two kids. <laughs> so classic Iona yeah uh, then she tells Andy if she sees her little duck man to be kind because he's nursing some fairly serious wounds also gross like this guy that's married with two kids goes to this high school yeah. prom who would want to do that who would see that and think it's okay okay I know this is supposed to be played for a comic moment yeah, but there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of layers <laughs> to that all right sorry go ahead that's okay well now we cut to Steph's war room <laughs> study cigar lounge whatever this room is it's insane the walls are mahogany with built-in floor to ceiling bookcases the furniture is ornately carved and upholstered obviously very antique 
there's wall-to-wall ruby red carpeting, and then Steph is sitting behind a very Oval office desk, elbow deep in the devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and seriously, is this just a case of there are so many rooms in this house that it's like, oh, today I'll try rolling joints in the study because I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's obviously a man-shown room. Yeah. And the conversation that's about to unfold between Steph and Blaine in this room is so confusing. I had to watch mm-hmm. it four times to finally understand it and had to put like captions on. I'm not sure if I was too distracted by the room or if a serious conversation between two 18 year olds high on marijuana is really that hard to understand. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of all over the place. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. well, here it is to the best of my abilities. Steph is berating Blaine for having the absolute gall to bring Andy to his party the other night. Blaine says Steph's being an asshole and that he could have been nicer. Steph pretty much sums up why he's the movie's bad guy with this line. What, do I have to spell it out for you, Blaine? I guess so. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know? As a matter of fact, everybody's just about to puke for me. You know, if you got a hard-on for trash, don't take care of it around those pal, right? Right, buddy. Yikes. So Blaine asks Steph if money is all that matters to him. Steph, looking wounded and 38 years old, gestures (laughs) to the trashed house around him and asks if he would treat his parents' house like this if money was all he cared about. Steph Steph tells Blaine to just have sex with Andy and get it over with since it's pointless for Blaine to date below his class. Then Steph brings Blaine's parents up. So this is where it gets convoluted. Steph says they'll be thrilled with Blaine's choice of girlfriend. That's obviously sarcastic. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation gets a little lost in the weeds here, but what it seems like is Blaine's parents are really concerned about Blaine's rep as a Richie and that maybe, just maybe, Blaine is dating Andy to get under their skin? Uh, So Steph threatens Blaine by telling him that if he wants low-grade ass, gross, he can have it at the expense of his friends. Then the pot calls the kettle black with this line. Why don't you take a shower? You look like shit. <laughs> like, seriously? Run a brush through your mane, button about six more buttons on your shirt, and then maybe you can talk. Honestly, Steph looks like he spent the last 48 hours binge drinking in the sun. <laughs> like, he looks so disgusting. So bad. And when he says this, I'm like, Uh, Blaine doesn't look that... Blaine just looks how he always looks. Just, like, boring. Yeah. But he's, like, human toast. But, like, this... (laughs) Yeah, this whole conversation, when I read that in your notes, I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to it. And it is really all over the place. I don't understand. I guess... I don't know. I don't know. I I don't don't know know what the point... You did a really good job, like, bullet (laughs) Breaking it down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I was just... I was trying to see what... I'm supposed to get out of it. Yeah. And all I could really get out of it was, oh, is Blaine dating Andy to prove a point to his parents? So I don't know. Which doesn't seem like the case. It seems like he actually likes her. Yeah. And it never comes up again. Yeah. So is this just like Steph is grasping at straws because he's jealous Mm. because he actually likes Andy? Mm -hmm. Is this? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. But. It's a, it's a weird a... conversation between two boys who are really men <laughs> in a weird room. 
Uh, well, later that night, we join Blaine and Andy at the Chestnut Hills Hunt Club. They're in the stables among the hay bales sitting on horse blankets that I can tell you from experience reek of horse sweat. What does that smell like? It's so just pungent. It's very <laughs> ripe. <laughs> Is it like a dog? Like when a dog? No, it's more okay. than that. It's <laughs> it's like every barnyard smell rolled into one blanket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because these blankets go under the saddle, so they're against the horse under mm. a leather saddle. So it's okay. it's rough. It's a okay. weird place to take a date. So um, Andy's not exactly dressed for sitting on the floor of a horse stable either, um, where probably there has been feces. She's in a, like this gorgeous tropical print T-length dress um, mm-hmm. and pink ballet flats. Just so cute. And she has like a... Um... I guess embroidered like a cardigan mm-hmm. over just over her shoulders. It looks like a really cute 1960s mm-hmm. look like all over. But also, what is this date spot? <laughs> <laughs> They're not even riding horses. Uh-uh. They just went to make out on like itchy horse blankets <laughs> and pokey hay bales amongst horse plops. Like, what is this rich boy nonsense? Yeah. Okay. So I was like, is he hiding her? That was my hmm. first thought. So I don't know. Like they couldn't go. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Like he didn't. Yeah. He's taking her to the club, but not to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Because I was thinking, well, they already went to the party, but this is after his conversation with yeah. Steph. So he, if he knows that people won't approve of her. Yeah. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. I okay. don't know. Well, the two are talking about how they're unequally matched. And Blaine says that she probably shouldn't meet his parents. Red flag, girl. Mm-hmm. He says he's the crown prince of McDonough Electric and that his parents would probably want to marry him off to another highly corporate family. But he says he could just tell everyone to go to hell. Yeah, good luck with that, Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) Andy says if someone doesn't believe in her, then she can't believe in them. And remember this because he kind of throws it in her face later. And I'm not going to say she doesn't deserve it, but... Blaine asserts that this is going to happen, which I guess means their relationship as a whole. Um, He says he really wants it to happen, and then they start making out a little. Blaine pulls away and looks pensive. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of, like, like rolly eyes, like, thousand-yard stare type thing. He Um, is contemplating things. Yes. Uh. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And in a very sad... Uh, so sad that it actually looks a little contrived squatter's mm-hmm. room <laughs> with graffiti on the walls and a bare mattress on the floor. Ducky is listening to the Smiths and tossing cards into an upside down fedora. He is sad. Mm-hmm. And at a very upscale boutique, Andy is petting dresses and she's accosted by a passive aggressive saleswoman. Can I help you? I'm fine. Thank you. Something for the prom? Just looking. Yeah, well, if you need anything... uh... (laughs) All right, Heather. That's not how you make sales. Yeah, cool it, white tights. (laughs) (laughs) Andy checks the price tag on a very ugly dress, and it reads $650. And it's really ugly. It's like a dusty rose chiffon drapey situation with a lacy mini shawl. And a sequined applique at the waist. Andy looks appalled. 
And Kate, you're a seamstress. What about this dress is $650? Is it the material? Is it the design? I never, I never understand the markup on clothing because unless it's like a bespoke suit or something that's hand stitched in an atelier, like I, I think a lot of cases or in a lot of cases, like department stores are just trying to see what they can get away with charging because <laughs> it's crazy. Like I've literally seen clothing made out of fabric that I, fabric that I have seen in the garment district that I know the price of. Yeah. And it'll be like a 200 plus dollar dress made out of like $24 worth of fabric. Wow. So yeah. I have never understood this. This is, uh, this is why I buy yeah. a lot of stuff secondhand. Yeah. This is why, I, I mean, it's just crazy. Right. So I we're no all getting screwed basically. <laughs> yeah. But especially this dress. Cause like you said, there's like hardly anything to it. It's not like it has like layers and tool and like, no, I it's mean, like Chiffon's a, it's not like that a dress expensive. that Blanche would wear on Golden Girls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It's so absolutely. old lady. Uh, it's weird. Well, in the dressing room at the same boutique, Benny is trying on an adorable fit and flare baby blue number that she calls trash. Andy hears her whining from around the corner and books it out of the store. Blaine's phone is ringing while the crowned prince lies on his bed, staring at it with eyes of concern and remorse. On the other end of the line, Andy is leaving a message for Blaine with the woman who answered. Andy is perturbed that falling in love is so complicated, but I'm perturbed that an 18-year-old has better robes than I do. And mm -hmm. honestly, she is wearing a gorgeous pink kimono robe, which is printed all over with red and white flowers. And then on the back of her bedroom door is hanging another equally beautiful silk robe. I love, I'm so glad you pointed this out. I love this robe that she's wearing. Yeah. Like the, the light pink one. It looks mm -hmm. really cute on her too. Like mm -hmm. I know that the whole thing is like redheads aren't supposed to wear pink or whatever, mm -hmm. but I mean, it looks amazing on her. It so does. yeah, it I does. fully agree. I love it. Well, Harry Dean Datton comes home with a gift for Andy. It's a very gaudy pink strapless ball gown type dress with a tulle skirt um, Andy says she appreciates it and she thinks she can make something out of it. But where did he get the money to pay for it? From his new job? No, busted. She came home before work on Wednesday and saw his car in the driveway. So he says the appointment to get the job, otherwise known as an interview, I guess, <laughs> is a weird way to phrase it, um, slipped his mind. Andy thinks he skipped it deliberately. He says... She must know everything now because she's 18 with a scholarship and he's just an ignorant son of a bitch that never gave her anything. And Andy blows up and yells at her dad to, quote, just forget her. <sighs> she implores her dad to realize that her mom is gone and not coming back. She's not going to come back. She's never coming back. Shut up. Shut it. Shut up. Why can't you accept it? She's just gone. She... Why can't you accept it? I love her, that's why. Well, I loved her too, you know. She just didn't love us back. Oh, heartbreaking. I know. Andy says that from the time she was five years old, she knew that her mom couldn't handle having a family. She consoles her dad by saying that her mom left them, they didn't leave her. There was nothing they could do about it. Harry Dean wipes tears from his eyes and asks, since when are daughters supposed to know more than their fathers? And I would direct him back to his earlier comment of Andy having won a scholarship, maybe. <laughs> no, but seriously, they hug. It's a nice moment. 
Mm-hmm. And then the music cue to top all music cues. <sighs> New Order Elegia begins to play as Andy picks up a framed photo of her mother and breaks down. Oh my gosh. And if that's not a doctored photo of Molly Ringwald or a photo of her actual mother, then this is some amazing casting because that woman looks just like her. Okay. I didn't notice that, but I do want to go back and look at it now. It could have been a photo of her actual mother. They do that sometimes. Yeah. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, the next morning at school, Andy sees Steph outside and stares daggers at him as she walks into the building. She hangs out by her locker until the bell rings, ostensibly waiting for Blaine. Blaine is looking dejected and offers a weak smile as he approaches Andy in the crowded hall. And at the same time, Ducky begins to enter the hallway through a door, but hangs back. Andy grills Blaine about not returning her three phone calls and messages. Blaine says he got in trouble for making out with her in the stables because it's against the rules. Andy doesn't buy it. Gross. No. (laughs) Uh, because she saw him see her in the parking lot before school, and Blaine denies it. Then Andy goes ham on confrontation. What about prom, Blaine? Oh, Andy, I'm having a bad day. Can we talk later? No. What about prom? Come on, why don't we just meet after school? No! What about prom? Andy, come on. Just say it. What? Just say it. I want to hear you say it. Andy, please... I want to hear you say it. A month ago, I asked somebody else and I forgot. You're a liar! You're a filthy fucking no-go liar! You don't have the guts to tell me the truth! Just say it! I'm not lying. Tell me! What? Tell me! What do you want to hear? Just tell me! What? You're ashamed to be seen with me. No, I am not. You're ashamed to go out with me. You're afraid. You're terrified that your goddamn rich friends won't approve! Steph hears the confrontation from a stairwell and pulls a face like yikers and then backs away down the stairs. Blaine continues to deny that his avoiding seeing, talking, and being with Andy have anything to do with her. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And Ducky has watched the entire scene from behind a windowed door and follows Blaine from a distance down the stairwell to where a 58-year-old Steph is smoking a cigarette in his yachting whites. (laughs) Steph tells Blaine to forget about it. It's not worth getting upset over. And if any girl did that to him, he would not be too jazzed about her. Blaine walks away, but guess who doesn't walk away? The duck man confronts Steph at the top of the stairs. You got a problem, friend? Teachers rush out to break up the fight, and Ducky runs away down the hall and rips down the prom king and queen poster as he goes. Uh, And this is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. Like, not that I love fighting, but Ducky laying into Steph in this fight is what you want to see the entire movie. It's so good. And then also James Spader improvised that spit before he walks away because he's a gosh darn pro. (laughs) (laughs) So awesome. It it was a really good fight. It is, Ducky has like all that pent up everything from everything he's been feeling and he just lets it all go. It's awesome. 
Yeah, and I also love that that this fight happened between Ducky and Steph and not Ducky and Blaine. Oh, like, yeah. I think that's that was a good choice because I obviously they, they set up Steph to be such a hateable villain. Yes. But it is nice that he gets to unleash it on this guy. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Andy shows up at Iona's apartment where Iona's man du jour, Terrence, answers the door. Terry he tells... Pet store. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I said, he owns a pet store. It's like the thing that they keep talking about. I'm like, what yes. a weird, what a weird. I was going to put that in there. Terrence, the pet store owner, but I was just like, all yeah. right, that's kind of a lot. <laughs> well, Terry, the pet store owner tells Andy that Iona is still getting ready for their date and asks Andy to go and hurry her along. Andy finds Iona singing Copacabana and looking decidedly unpunk in some sunny Crockett drag which includes a white blazer over a red pirate shirt and a very long string of pearls knotted at her throat. Her hair is feathered in the fashion of the day, and the first thing she does is threaten physical violence on Andy should she laugh at the getup. And it's so funny because Andy says, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and I would say the same thing. So thank you. Um, but Andy says that Iona looks great, bless her heart, and Iona says that she looks like a mother. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I've seen a picture of your mom in that outfit. <laughs> oh, I? yeah, like very similar and similar hair, too. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think Iona looks like a waitress at a Miami Vice-themed strip club, um, <laughs> and it's seriously the worst look of the whole movie. That hair, that hair is unforgivable. It's, it's like so a helmet. Bad. so bad. All her wigs. She could have worn any wig and she chose to do that. So I think that's the point. Yeah, She's like I guess changing so. Changing her ways. Well, when Andy says that Iona looks happy, Iona agrees. So she says Terry's a yuppie, but he's so nice and she's getting ready to pick out her china pattern. <laughs> and does anyone still register for wedding china? I kind of forgot that was a thing. I know we didn't. I know. That's weird. I don't think we did either because it's like, why? Who? You know, it's one of those it? things that, like, yeah. yeah, our moms, like, my mom just tried to give me a set of china when she moved, and I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> like, I'm never going to eat on these fancy plates. No. Yeah. You can't put them in the microwave, can't put them in the yeah. dishwasher. <laughs> oh, well, then Andy breaks into tears and tells Iona that Blaine backed out of prom. Andy's feeling humiliated and says she could have killed Blaine. Then she asks Iona for the taffeta prom dress. When Iona asks what she wants it for, Andy says she just needs it. Okay, I guess <laughs> don't worry about cutting up a dress that your friend just recently told you was dreamy and that when she wore it, it was possibly the best she's ever looked. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought this. Like, I know Iona said that if Andy wants the dress, it's hers, yeah. but I don't think she meant, like, Totally go ahead and Edward Scissorhands the hell out of it. <laughs> like, and imagine what she thought when she saw the final product. Uh, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, Andy takes the dress home and mates it with the dress that her dad bought for her. JK, but not really, because what follows is a montage of Andy making fashion sketches and holding up fabric in a mirror and like trying on fabric as a headband and then as a choker and ripping up and sewing together the fabric from both dresses. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Her sketch of this dress is hilarious. Yeah, I'm giffing it. It's too <laughs> weird. <Okay. laughs> 
when you see it, it's like a giant bee with arms coming out of it. <laughs> and you think like, well, that's not the shape of any dress that ever was. In fact, I declare that would be impossible for that shape to be worn by a human. But by golly, if she doesn't make it happen. She totally does. When you see the sketch, it really looks like a very square ice cream cone. And then when you see her reveal, you're like, oh, that's a very square ice cream cone dress. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, interspersed with Andy's manic designing footage um, are scenes of Ducky and Steph getting ready for the prom. Uh, Blaine looking sad on his bed. And then a quick scene of Harry Dean Dadton putting his ex-wife's picture into a drawer. So yay for character development. So that was nice to see. And finally, it's prom night. Are you ready to see Andy's creation? Well, (laughs) Andy's prom night reveal sure is a reveal. She's pretty in pink from head to toe, pantyhose included. And this dress, it's just not on par with anything else she's worn or made. I have thoughts. (laughs) Please, please lay it on me. This dress is... A trapezoid. <laughs> it is an inverted triangle. Yep. It is a sack made of corners. <laughs> <laughs> so many corners. It's, <laughs> it's sort of like it's a halter with a choker and then a lace panel connecting the neck part to the rest of the dress and a deep V in the front and back. And after the montage, you want so badly for her to emerge in this like amazing yes. creation. Yes. And then you see it and it's confusing yeah like maybe it could pass as avant-garde I don't know okay (laughs) warning this is about to get real sewing geeky okay (laughs) from a seamstress standpoint I have scrutinized this dress a lot and I don't think it's possible to make her dress from Iona's prom dress unless I'm mistaken the and the and like the costumer actually did it in real life but okay so Andy uses Iona's dress for the majority of her creation like the the bulk of the dress all the fabric and I and I do mean bulk (laughs) (laughs) is from Iona's prom dress and her new dress appears to have no seams so it's like a solid piece of fabric from top to bottom like from the chest down to the hem there are no seams which means that she would have to use the skirt portion of Iona's dress because that's the part that had the most fabric But even if she inverted the skirt, so like if you imagine the wide part of the skirt is now at the top Mm -hmm. and the narrow part that used to be the waist is now at the bottom, which is kind of what it looks like she did, which is why it's like V-shaped, ice cream cone shaped. (laughs) But there wouldn't be enough length in the skirt to cover her whole body to do that. Mm. And then like what would have been the waist part, which is now the bottom hem part because she flipped it, was so narrow on Iona's tiny waist that Andy wouldn't be able to walk. Yeah. So like... I know that we're supposed to suspend belief and just get into like the fun idea of her making her own dress and everything. But if the whole point is that she sews her dress Mm -hmm. from two existing dresses that they've made it a like huge effort to, to have us see, like we saw Iona's dress and we Mm -hmm. saw this other dress that her dad bought. Why didn't they do it accurately? Yeah. Like, I don't know if there are any seamstresses in our (laughs) listening audience. Am I the only one? Please message me. (laughs) Please like message us and weigh in and tell me if you think I'm right because it drives me insane yeah. every time I see it. That's all really interesting, especially the part about the waist, because mm-hmm. yeah, she has like a 24 inch waist, so yeah. there's no way you'd be able to walk in that. No, and I I thought about it so many times, and I'm like, okay, 
if you flip the skirt upside down, is there enough length in the skirt to cover right. Molly Ringwald's body from her chest down to past her knees? Because it's like a T-length yeah, dress. And I'm just yeah. like, no, no, there's not. Well, I actually looked it up to see what the costumer's thoughts were. And I was surprised that she agrees with us that this doesn't look the way that viewers want it to look. Or I guess we agree with her. Um, yeah. Marilyn Vance, the costumer behind Andy and Ducky's iconic looks, was also responsible for the, quote, original look of the gown. <laughs> Vance has said that, quote, the character was so original, she had a mind of her own, she marched to a different drummer, end quote. So Vance mixed and matched a few dresses. Oh, really? I'd never have guessed that the final dress was Frankenstein from other dresses. <laughs> Before settling on the one that Andy actually wears. She even incorporated the same neckline from the shirt that Andy's wearing while she's designing her dress. So that black hmm. velvet thing that she's wearing like under like a, another shirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she used that design. Um, the director said that he trusted Marilyn. Quote, it wasn't supposed to be a designer couture thing. It was supposed to be something she put together herself. So nailed it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your behind-the-scenes dive into Andy's horrible prom dress. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not the content you wanted, but we all deserve to know the truth. Totally. And also, Molly Ringwald hated this dress yes, in real she life. Did. She wanted to wear what all the girls, all the extras were wearing at the prom, which we will also get to. And I am sad for her that she didn't get to wear one of those gorgeous dresses. Yeah, and I I get I get the whole thing. Like the designer was saying, this should, this it should look like something that she could have made herself. Mm -hmm. But also, I would argue from a seamstress standpoint that that dress does not. It's complicated. Impossible that does too. Not, yeah. Yeah, that does not look like an easy dress to make. Because I'm I'm thinking of this through like a project runway standpoint. Mm -hmm. When sometimes they'll be like, "This is the dress I always make," and it's a big drapey thing, and then you're like, "That's a rectangle with a hole cut in it." Like it looks <laughs> amazing, but it's not that that hard yeah this would be a really difficult dress to make and it looks terrible so like why yeah what teen would do this i don't know i know major yeah. bummer mm -hmm. well as all dads do andy's dad thinks she looks amazing and says that her guy's gonna fall through the floor when he comes in and to be says, fair her hair and makeup look beautiful oh yeah like her hair and makeup are on point yeah. it's just she, from like yeah chest down that's <laughs> bad <laughs> uh well, Andy says that her guy's not going to fall through the floor because he's not coming. But it's okay. She's going alone, and she's not sad about it. She's just going to walk in, walk out, and come home, which is what we all should have done at prom. <laughs> she just wants them to know that they didn't break her. We join the prom in progress with two bellhop-looking mother DJers spinning orchestral maneuvers in the dark, which I think is the song this movie's known for. Or mm -hmm. the movie made the song popular? One of those two things. Yeah. Um, there are so many white tuxedos, like a sea of white tuxedos. And I can honestly say that I would wear any of these girls' dresses to a special occasion today. They mm -hmm. are magnificent. And I'll try to clip a couple for our visuals. But there is one in particular. It's a peach Holly Hobby-esque dress with an off-the-shoulder ruffle and a ruffle around the hem. It's floor length. It's like really floaty. And I would wear this thing to an outdoor wedding or on a merry-go-round in a park somewhere. It is spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, there are just so, so, so many ruffles and like gigantic poofy sleeves. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of poofy sleeves. And these dresses would be so fun to dance yes. in. You could just like swing them around and stuff. Yes. Like much better than the bodycon suffocations that girls wear today. Oh, heck yeah. Bring back these dresses. Yes. Yeah. We need to. They're yeah. they're awesome. They They move so well. Like when they pull back above the crowd, yeah. it's just like this beautiful sea of moving fabric it's awesome but enough about the dresses uh blaine is looking sad sacky at a table by himself and we pan over to see steph and benny ordering around an elderly waiter (laughs) not really but they might as well start practicing that uh kind of waspy behavior because they're already fighting about having sex (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, steph wants to go up to the suite for an hour and then come back down to the party but benny thinks that the suite is cheap and wants to stay at prom Steph tells her he doesn't give a shit what she wants to do and then pours a tall glass of shut the hell up from a flask that he pulls out of his jacket. So these two are already your parents, you know? Oh, man. Blaine ruminates alone. Andy fearfully walks through this cavernous, empty hallway leading to the ballroom where the prom is happening. Yeah, this is at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel in L.A. Oh, it's Just gorgeous. Anyone's, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Well, she's nervous and she can't get up the courage to go in. Her eyes tear up and at the top of the stairs, she suddenly sees Ducky in a navy brocade tux wearing mirrored sunglasses and a gigantic pinky ring. And a bolo tie. Oh, yeah. A large bejeweled bolo tie. (laughs) It is bejeweled. (laughs) Yeah, bolo ties were the 80s accessory for sure. Mm-hmm. He stands at the top of the stairs and takes his glasses off, smiling at Andy. Andy runs to him and he scoops her up and twirls her around. They compliment each other and Ducky says that despite his appearance, he will always remain a duck man. And the camera pans down to his dingy white dress shoes and we get this line. Let's plow. <laughs> so cute. Uh, the two walk into the dance and are spotted by Steph and Blaine. Andy and Ducky grasp hands. Mm, it's cute so cute (laughs) blaine begins his approach but is waylaid by steph talking trash on andy and suddenly blaine realizes that steph actually likes andy or maybe is in love with her and it's killing him that she spurned him you buy everything steph you couldn't buy her though that's what's killing you isn't it steph that's it steph she thinks you're shit deep down you know she's right ooh 80s burn (laughs) (laughs) so after putting Steph in his place Blaine walks up to Andy and Ducky he offers a handshake to Ducky Ducky snickers but accepts Blaine sort of apologizes to Andy sort of Andy says it's over and she's fine but then she says that's not true but that it doesn't matter Blaine says that he always believed in her but she never Mm. believed in him Then he says he loves her and kisses her on the cheek and walks away. Uh, yeah, what? What? Like, I know this was a haphazard rewrite for the end, but they went on two dates Mm -hmm. and then he chickened out and ditched her. Mm -hmm. Like, and now all of a sudden he loves her? (laughs) Since when? (laughs) I don't know. This is so left of center. It's really bizarre. And love is a strong word for two mediocre dates, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, 
Cucky, I mean Ducky, encourages her to go be with Blaine because he's clearly not like the others, whatever. Andy hugs Ducky and heads over to Blaine. And just then, some 80s high school hottie spots Ducky standing alone, and to his astonishment and disbelief, she beckons him over. So that's solved, I guess. I know. Like, it's... He's just like, well, this girl's here, so yeah. I guess I'm over. I don't, yeah. yeah. Also, this hottie is Christy Swanson, yeah. aka the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so which is cute. very weird because on Amazon Prime, she is credited with a completely different name. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Yeah, because I had like the um, the little like behind the scenes facts open, so yeah. I could like double check actors' names and stuff, and I was like, that's not. I don't remember what the name is listed for her on there, but that's weird. It's not she Christy must Swanson. Have changed her stage name or something. Um, in the credits for this movie, she's credited as the Duckette, which is oh so my gosh. cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Blaine is out in the parking lot pouting. Andy sees him and runs to him. They embrace. There's a lot of tongue action, like a lot. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like they're trying to fish gum out of each other's mouths. So, that's, <laughs> well, that's that's it. Pretty in pink. Uh, all right. So knowing that they changed the ending and having just watched the movie through a critical eye, mm-hmm. it is definitely, or it is time to definitively decide, are you team Ducky or are you team Blaine? <laughs> I know. It's so hard. What? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be team Blaine, but... I don't know. Ducky's like too intense or something. You can't condone Ducky's behavior. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I'm going to go team Ducky. I think I am too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause uh, man, I would have loved to have seen that, that alternate, not alternate ending, but the first ending that they wrote. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, oh. that's the one I, I would have, I don't know, felt like the movie deserved. Yes. Yeah. I know. And it's like, I can't believe that it tested so poorly with audiences because I think it would have been great. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Even knowing what I know, it's, or just like looking at his behavior and everything, mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't side with Blaine. He sucks so bad. He does. He does. He's so boring. He treated her like crap. He like, there's just nothing to him. Why would she want him? Yeah. He's got know. no personality. Like Steph has more personality than Blaine. Yeah. So he just like he offers her nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Listeners, obviously there will be a poll on our Instagram <laughs> for this at yes. so five minutes ago pod. So please keep an eye out for that and vote. Yes. And maybe also message us and state your case for Team Ducky or Team Blaine, because yeah. it's like we would love that. Yeah. Yeah, I wanna know. All right. Um, okay, so that was pretty in pink. Uh come back next week for our new episode when we will talk about Lost Boys. Yes. We also wanted to do this movie around Halloween, but we couldn't make it happen. So we are doing it now because there's so much to talk about. Mm. Um, it was also requested by quite nice. a few listeners. So this movie is available to rent on iTunes, Amazon, and YouTube. But obviously, we will be uh, summarizing it mm-hmm. in great detail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Vampires and the Corys and <laughs> sexy saxophone man. <laughs> All right, join us next week and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Join us each week for a new episode of So Five Minutes Ago. 
Check out our Instagram at so5minutesagopod with the number five to see visuals and clips from the show. You can also get in touch with us at so5minutesagopod at gmail.com. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Special thanks to Dave Quiggle for creating our podcast music. Talk to you all next week. Five minutes ago.